You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Do you want to get started? Whenever you want. Uh, do you have anything clever or funny to say as a cold open? <laughs> um, I forgot how nerve wracking these games were. I couldn't breathe. Yeah, that sucked, dude. I yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's fair, but I, I don't know. We had that game. All right, let's just do it. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a kissing your sister version of the Touchline Media Group, because that's what ties are like. Uh, I am your host, uh, Asa, aka The Twig. I will have my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, aka The Stump, with me shortly. We will be joined by panelists, uh, Ben, aka Benny, aka Halfspaces.com, aka... Uh, implied legitimacy, as well as Kev, a.k.a. Kevy Case, a.k.a. Kev underscore Kwiatkowski, a.k.a. Uh, a little boozed up today. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in, Paramount Plus, and like I said, uh, probably not PBR, but only because like Qatar, um, we apparently are not able to take money from alcohol uh, sponsorships. Well, you can take the money, but you just can't, you know, drink it. Anyways, uh, I, I am here with Ben. Um, we are here to discuss, uh, USA versus Wales. Um, game ended about two minutes ago. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, so initial thoughts, Ben? I mean, the draw, I guess, is fair overall, but they didn't really create. They just, if the ball is in our, in our box enough, something bad was going to happen. And it eventually did. Um, but yeah, like the subs felt like they were a little late. I don't know. The first half and second, I don't really want to go back on the old trope. It was a tale of two halves, but it kind of uh, was. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 go through it in granular detail in a second, but like sort of my my view of this is that we are not good enough to leave points on the table. And we left points on the table. Yeah. Um and it's 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 it sucks because as we put in the uh the preview that that came out last week, what is Wales's offense? I don't know. Hope Gareth Bale does something and that was their offense and that's what happened. Well, in the first half, it was just non-existent. In the second half, it was, hey, we have a tall guy. Kick it at him. Yeah, which, yeah. like, didn't really work. Um, he but... got on the end of one header from a corner. But beyond that, it was just, like, a bunch of, you Crap. know, and around the box, yeah. not really doing anything. I mean, I think I think Turner had what? He, he was called in to make two saves? Yeah, I mean, they hit it at him once or twice, and he had the Three. one good save. The yeah. one good save on the header. Um. So I think, I think the, okay, so let's, let's, let's go through the, uh, the lineup and then that's usually how we do this anyways. Um, so Matt Turner, uh, surprising nobody was in goal. Um, and I thought, I mean, look, he did his job. Yep. Um, he even, he even, if it's not Gareth Bale, I think he maybe makes that save. Yeah. I mean, I think he was disappointed in himself not to stop it. Like he got a, at least one hand on it. I think, I think but, he like yeah, Bale hit it hard. Bale hit it with a, like he, he cannoned it. And when, when Garrett, like, I don't think there's a keeper in the world who stops that. Yeah. Because that that's putting the ball where you can't stop it at a speed. You can't stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not, I'm not mad at Matt Turner. Um, I, I will say um, he did make a couple of, he made one really nice save and one, you know, in the right place moment. I didn't think his dis- distribution was bad. No, it's fine. Whatever. Um, and so like I, I think like my takeaway from from our purposes is that he played well. Um he he had that nice stop on Ben Davies's uh header um off a corner and outside of that there just wasn't that much for him to do. Yeah. Um you know it's it's again it's it's okay. So all right, um let's let's talk about the uh we'll, we'll go through the back line now. Uh Serginho Dest on the right which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, because there was a lot of comments about him being hurt. Um, and then Zimmerman, Tim Ream, and Jedi. So I want to start with Ream. Um, mm. I thought he was our best player. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I haven't gone back to, obviously I'm going to try to work on grading it tonight, but it's either him or Adams. Like yeah. him and him and Adams were like, I felt safe when Tim Ream had the ball. Like there was just these multiple moments where I was like, Oh, that's clever. Oh, you can tell he's been doing this a while. Like it, you just, it's the opposite of what I feel when Aaron Long, sorry, Aaron, uh, when Aaron <laughs> Long is on the ball, you're like, don't mess up. Don't mess up. I would just like, give it to Reem. He'll figure it out. Like he'll be fine. Just get it over there. It'll be all right. It was, it was really weird because I don't remember the last time I had, we had a defender on the ball who I felt comfortable with because even when it was miles back there, you were like, all right, well, he, he's good defensively, but like get the ball. Get, go someone go get the ball but right honestly I think um he's better so Tim Ream's thing has always been the uh you know the Tim Ream mistake TM like there's just yeah. one moment where it's like what are you doing dude like you can't pass or whatever and he didn't have any of those and I think he's better on the ball than John Brooks I think John yeah. Brooks is a little bit better um in the air and he's he hits that like screamer like diagonal ball that Reem just doesn't have doesn't have a leg yeah. for. But just if you want a line picking pass, if you want a you know a calm presence on the ball, 
I think Reem is better at that than Brooks. So if you're going to get this version of Reem for the whole tournament, I mean, he's undroppable. I can't promise, I can't promise Saka is not going to make him look bad at some point, but he will. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be your best option back there. Um, the Tim Reem mistake in this game was made by Zimmerman. Uh, um, in on a, I mean, look, I get it. I I, I get why he did what he did, but. Gareth Bale was facing away from your goal. You don't need to get rid of, like, like you don't need to do that because yeah, I mean, this is that a, moment. This is, Alec- this is an Alexi Lawless thing, but like he always talked about center back as being center back as just threat assessment in like microseconds. Yeah. And, and that was a bad assessment. He wasn't a threat. I mean, you don't want Bale with the ball in the box, but facing away from goal is not, you know, it wasn't a super dangerous, like he's going to one time this into the corner if I don't, if I don't get this ball. So yeah. and I feel bad because I think, I don't know, I, I, obviously I don't remember every moment, but I think other than that, Zimmerman was pretty good. He was good in the air. I don't remember yeah. any big mistakes on the ball, but like, I'm sure when you see, you know, snap grades, Tim, or, uh, you know, Zimmerman's going to get a bad one just because, you know, I mean, I get it. It's a big moment, but. Well, it's, it's. It's it's on the uh, on Fot Mob, right? Like the snap score of that. He was the worst of the back five, by far, and well, and I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. Like just jumping ahead a little bit, the drop off in our backups is so it's, big. It's big. Like when Yedlin came on, or when Yedlin came on for um, Dust, it's like they're playing different sports, and then and the- Acosta. Oh my, I mean, he had that one moment where he stopped Bale from scoring a winner from midfield, but. <laughs> right, right. But, no, no, but, we'll, oh, we'll give Augusta awesome. credit, but like the difference between Sergio Dest and DeAndre Yedlin is the difference between Barcelona and Miami. Like, yes. like oh, it's, yes. it's that simple. And like, look, is, is Sergio Dest the best right back that Barcelona has ever seen? No. Is he the best right back that AC Milan has ever seen? No, but he's there. He's at that level in some sort of squad mediocre he way. Play with those players and not embarrass himself. Right, DeAndre Edelman can. No, um, like just the dump it into the box. Maybe something will work good. Yeah, you know, work well. Work it's good. <laughs> um, but but just talking about about Reem again, I just I just want to sort of like, it's really weird for me to watch him play the way that he's played, and say to myself, um, you know, why is why is we, why are we in a situation in which this is his first start in a year? Like it's, it's just so much wasted time. And look, that wasn't the reason why we had any problems today, but there were two or three moments. I remember in the first half where I think Christian was making a run up that left side and Reem like didn't see it. And, and that's just comes down to playing together, right? Like Tim Reem hadn't played with Christian Pulisic in a year. Right. Probably since that Nations League final, right? Like that was the last time they played together or or maybe maybe against Honduras or something. Right. I don't know. Like I think your best bet at somebody seeing it though is having the ball at Reem's foot. Like because yeah. there was there was a couple times where Weo was open and I know Pulisic missed him one of those times. Yeah. Where he's making a run up the he could be slipping in making that run up the right. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, so- it's just all comes down to Greg had decided at some point that hell or high water. We're going to play a high line. I want athletic guys that can get back and cover space. And all of the guys that are viable players got hurt. So that's the only reason Reem is here. If Miles Robinson is healthy. Reem's I mean, not here. Reem's not here. 
because Long's not w- wasn't going to lose his spot, and Cameron Carter-Vickers is your one for one for Zimmerman. And I think I mean Greg really wants Long to be a thing, but he just he's, he's not be a thing. No, no. Um. So just saying in the back line, I thought that everything good in the first half, outside of the really good thing, came from Serginho Dest. Um. The, the, it seemed like there was a, a a stated plan to get the ball to Dest and let him do stuff. Um. Which I got to tell you, like from like a a coaching perspective, like saying we have one guy who is better, who we can absolutely play through. Um, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it like, like we don't give Burhalter a lot of credit for his offensive acumen, but I thought that the plan to just sort of bypass the midfield and go straight from, from Dest up to the wings was the way to do it. And it worked. Yeah. I, we I don't know if they back the middle and it was going to be tough to get through. So if your options to get around the edge are Jedi Robinson or Serginio Dest, sorry, yeah. Jedi, but like, I know. thought, I thought Jedi played fine for what it's oh, worth. Yeah. And like this game just shows you the value of that kind of engine. Yeah. I mean, that or dust uh, Adams and Robinson were still out there making recovery runs and cover like, oh, I don't remember the minute, but like Tyler Adams completely saved um, Kellen Acosta. He made like yeah. a really bad turnover in their own half and Adams cleaned it up. And at that point, like, he looked like he had more energy than Acosta. Acosta should be killing himself out there. I think the, the and obviously there's been a ton of Tyler Adams discourse uh, within our, our USMNT community about what he can do and what he can't do. And did he give the ball away with sloppy touches? Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that we don't have people in front of him who make it so that he doesn't have to exist, right? In the, in the platonic ideal of the US men's national team, Tyler Adams won't have a spot. Because he won't need to have a spot because we won't be turning the ball over in stupid spots with someone who needs to clean it up. But that's where we are right now. And he's so important. Um, and that all comes down to style. Like if you yeah. want to play a certain kind of way, you need that guy. Like look at what Adams does at Leeds. Right. But if you want to play Barcelona, you want the Busquets style six. And I'm sure that's what Greg would love to do. But you know what? That's not what we got. So you, 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 you Tyler, go fix things. Uh, you don't, you don't go to war with the, the, the army you want. <laughs> and we, we do not have, I mean, look, Jackson, Ewell, Michael Bradley, and Will Trapp are not Sergio Busquets <laughs> as much, as much as Greg wanted them if to be. combined them, they wouldn't be. <laughs> no, each, like, like if you did like a, a best ball between the three of them, I, I was talking to my mother today about how that works, like a scramble in golf. Would those three beat Sergio Busquets? No. Like those oh. lame, uh, like football graphics, like the the Frankenstein running back. He's yeah. got Barry Sanders' feet and Emmett Smith's vision. <laughs> like, and why is he playing for Purdue? <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got Will Trapp's left <laughs> foot. Uh, okay, that's not that great either. No. Um, I, I mean, I, I would say Michael Bradley's intelligence and, and leadership would probably be useful. Oh yeah, like he had a that. place for a long time. I feel bad for that. We don't even on this rabbit trail, but he should be an, uh, a men's uh, U.S. legend, not a goat, but or in the yeah. bad sense. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, goat the way the 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 way the way we used to say goat. Yeah. Um, yeah, him and him and Josie. It's it's a shame what their legacy is, and I actually think it's okay. Like in this moment, as we're at the World Cup for the first time in eight years. It's okay to mention that like Michael Bradley and Josie Altidore did a lot. Yeah. They were very good players for a very long time. And, and they, I don't think, I can't think of one time that they embarrassed us personally. Like obviously the result in Kuva was the result in Kuva, but like, I can't remember a time where I was not proud to have Josie and Bradley. 
Josie's been a little messy on club level, but for the, the country, he, the country yeah. he's pretty solid. Right. Um, so going up to the to midfield, it was the MMA midfield, Musa, um, McKenney, Adams. Um, I, I do need to say, uh, oh, actually, before we leave the uh, the defenders, um, I don't love Dest's hair. <laughs> no. For, no. Uh, like, like if, if you're going to go bleach blonde, okay. That's, that's a, it's a look, but like, it's like off gray and they, they made such a big deal about the team barber being there and, and to have that be I your feel situation like they went to the barber and Deandre Yedlin talked him into it. Yeah, no, no, no. This was, this was the, the scene in how I met your mother where someone's like, <laughs> I bet I could go. It was, it was Ted. It was like, yes. I could go blonde. And everybody was like, wait, 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 wait. This is a possibility. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. No, you definitely <laughs> couldn't do blonde. You could never pull off blonde, Serginho. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that brings me to Weston McKinney's hair, which I thought was phenomenal. In yes. a, it in was a, much better than his performance. Uh, yes. Oh. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this about Wes. Um, given his, his club form, given his injuries over the last, you know, whatever, I was surprised at, his, at, at the energy level. Like he was, he was not tidy on the ball. Um, he, he gave it everything he had. Yeah. It's just everything he had was not vintage Wes. No. Um, and it, it makes you wonder if in this type of game, um, if if you would have been better off with Gio. We'll get to Gio in a second. But like, if you're going to have someone who's who's not really... And, and look, Wales did sit back a ton of the time and you needed someone to unlock that. And on his best day, in his best form, Wes is not that guy, Right. New Musa, might, Musa like I, we've said before he can flash like he might do that once every four or five games and maybe this would have been it but you can't it's not like a thing you can plan on no but I I thought that Musa um so, so go through it we already talked a little bit about Adams um he is just simply he's undroppable and he needs to play 270 god willing 360 and he didn't get a yellow today did he no nice no dust de- the the yellows were dust Acosta, McKenney, and Reem. Reem. Yeah. And I think that's it. Um, okay. So obviously you play Reem until you can't play him anymore, given what we saw. Dest, I wouldn't be shocked if Dest doesn't play against England. Um, I, no, I, I, think he sh- I think he should. I think he should. I'm just, I'm just saying that I wouldn't be surprised if Berhalter does the thing that Berhalter always does, which is against the team that's going to attack heavy, he goes with the guy he can trust. And yeah, even though okay, Yedlin's fair. not very good... <laughs> I think he trusts Yedlin to the world and back. Like, like I, I think he would trust Yedlin to the ends of the earth. Um, well, you know what? This is kind of funny. Um, you know, uh, in college football, like they have, they basically they have grades for their guys or, you know, pros or whatever. Like, do you remember Saban a while back, like was super ticked because he thought somebody had leaked their internal grades out. Yeah. Um, I actually had a conversation. Saban super ticks now. <laughs> I had a conversation at one point um, with someone who is on the U.S. staff, or not anymore, but was at the time. And uh, I asked him, like, what were their internal grades like or whatever? And he's like, oh, we don't have any. What? I was like, huh? Um, so I'm curious, like, looking like. So how do they... the USMN, yeah, they determine roster spots by vibes. Which honestly kind of checks out. I'm sure, you know, they have player evaluations and whatever. They watch it, but they don't actually have, you know, grades or whatever numbers or how, I don't, I don't, I don't know how these things work on any professional kind of level, obviously, but I was a little surprised. Like if you look back at that performance, what are you going to grade desk or desk? Yeah. Keep saying that Yedlin on like, 
Is it a positive because he like hoofed in 17 aimless crosses or is it a negative because he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing and can't play with at the same level as the guys around him? So I think, I think that you probably grade him positively because you can only grade people on what they are supposed to be doing. Right. So, um, with, if you, if you were to look at what Yedlin did in this game, um, he probably did precisely what he was supposed to do. He clean when he when he got when he was in defensive transition, he kicked the ball out of bounds. Um, when he was on the ball, he got forward to precisely the point at which somebody came within five feet of him, and then he crossed it into the middle. And so I'm sure that his instructions were precisely that. So he did his job. The problem is, is that that's the job that we can rely on our, I mean, apparently 16th or 15th best player for. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching um, 20, 2006 World Cup, maybe, where it was like uh, Jay Demerit and Aguchi Anyewu in central defense. And the ball would kind of come near them, and they would head it out of bounds. And yep. everybody's like, good play, good play. Yep. And it feels like Yedlin fits in with that level of, you know what I mean? Like, when zero I... risk, get rid of it. Uh, you know, just you, he doesn't take a second. And, you know, tap it back to the goalkeeper or, you know, give himself a little bit of space and play it to Tyler Adams or whatever. He is just, he's just not on the level of the, the newer version of the national team. Right. And, and that's again, that it's, it's not his fault. He's not good. Right. Like we, we used to talk about this a whole bunch with a certain former six who used to get a whole bunch of run and is not in the team anymore. It's not DeAndre Yedlin's fault that he's not at this level. He shouldn't be here. Right. Like he can't make himself. I think those are two different. I think those are two different, uh, like problems though. It's not the fact that it's not, it's not, it's not his fault that he's not good. It's not his fault that he's in the roster. Sure. That's not his fault. That's, that's Berholzer's fault. No, it's it's like in the game. No, it's, it's what I'm saying is that like, if you put me in, in the U S men's national team setup and I was disappointingly bad, that's not my fault. That's Burhalter's fault for calling me in. That's Burhalter's well, fault yeah. for putting me in. I get, I get what you're saying. And also, just so we're all aware, if you were put into the U.S. men's national team pool, you would be surprisingly disappointing. <laughs> uh, because I assume that everybody would just guess you're going to suck. And then you like maybe might do one thing. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that I would be, um, I would have like some moment where someone was being disrespectful and I would like, run by them for like half a second. They would be like, whoa, look at that Jordan Morris burst of speed. And then they would recover immediately because I'm not oh, actually right. that fast. I'm not Basically, actually... you're just Matt Miazga. <laughs> Shorter, oh, but yeah, sim- sim- similar, similar vibes. I'm not breaking any news here, but the U.S. is razor thin at most positions. Yeah. So, yeah, you could take off Tim Weah and put on Brendan Aronson, and that's fine. And you could tell Brendan did some good things out there, won the ball back. He looked, you know, he was competent. Like, he could play with everybody. He looked but like Brendan Aronson. When you pull... He looked like the tryhard that he is. When you pull Serginio Dest, when you pull Eunice Musa, when you pull um, Jedi, Gosh, when you Josh pull... Sergeant. Heaven forbid a, yeah, heaven forbid a center back. Like, there's nothing there. There's, no. like... I mean, we're, we're like a, you know, a, we're Illinois. Like you have a few good players. And when Chase Brown goes down, you're That's screwed. That, there is no, like, I mean, it's, it's, it, there is no second option. Um, and that's where, where we're at. So just talking about the midfield, we're going to, you know, to just put a sort of 
whatever on that. So Aronson came in as a midfielder. Um, at the same time, yes. Yedlin came in at right back, which makes a lot of sense to me because that's how that setup would work, right? Yedlin's not going to get super forward anymore. It's not where he is in his career. So you need, you need to have Aronson and Yedlin sort of come on together. Um, and I thought Aronson played really well, actually. Um, like the, 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 again, like if you grade people on what are they supposed to do and what can they do? Um, Aronson, I think twice or three times won the ball back in a dangerous, in the, in the, in the attacking third, which is what Brendan Aronson's job is. He almost got on the end of a really, really nice header, um, probably pumped in by Yedlin. I don't, I don't even remember. It came from the left. I it came from the left. You're right. Jedi. Yeah. I think it was Jedi. Um, and in terms of McKenney and Musa, um, Musa continues his wonderful habit of being really, really good and then not being available for the next game. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but actually Adams is the only midfielder in my that stands out in my mind. Like, I don't remember Musa being bad at all, but I don't remember him being good either. Musa did so, that thing that, that he did in the beginning of our time with him where he would just take an extra dribble. So like he had a couple of, of, of runs where he really opened things up and had a ton of room in front of him. And instead of playing someone in or even like pulling one, he just took an extra dribble and got dispossessed. Um, I do remember going up the left once. I don't remember yeah. what the end result was. So I, I, I think that that's sort of the situation that, that Musa was. But again, like he, he is, even when he's not shining, the difference between Eunice Musa and Kellen Acosta is the difference between, again, the right. difference between someone who came up through Arsenal's, Arsenal's Academy and plays at Valencia and is getting looks from serious teams and a guy who's, career is Colorado Rapids and LAFC. Well, and Musa's game, like what you want him in there for is press resistance and, you know, to break lines, carrying the ball. And that really wasn't what the game was against, against Wales. So not that he was bad, but maybe, maybe it's more of a horses for courses kind of thing where it just wasn't set up for him to show his, uh, what he's good at. Right. Um, and this is another moment where it's like, you talk about razor thin margins, Beyond Acosta, who can you put in? I mean, clearly right? he doesn't trust De La Torre. I mean, De La Torre's yeah, hurt him. at the best of, like, like yeah. it, even, it's, even if he did trust him. It's Aronson it's or Reyna, who has never played midfield Rain, for the U.S. Reyna, who's literally never played midfield for the U.S. Aronson, who's not yep. a midfielder. Luca De La Torre, who's hurt and or unavailable um, or untrustworthy. Acosta, who is terrible as an eight. He's good as a six. He is apparently good as a left back. We'll get there in a second. I'm sure we will get there in this tournament where Acosta has to play left back. But <laughs> well, somebody's gonna have to spell Jedi. If, you know, he gets a did he did he get a yellow? We already talked about this. No, no, okay. he didn't. Um, he's clean. So, but but we we don't have a backup eight. Um, and you know, like this is one of those moments where it's like this is we are one cycle too early with this group because I think in four years you you look at someone of the Ledesma Mendez group right yeah line as like one of those uh guys will be competent enough Glenn, luca morris whatever aiden morris you know pama call like there's six, but yeah but still like there, there's somebody of that group will be there testman who cares yeah, whoever, some, yeah. in four years they'll be no will be starting for right who yeah should it's gonna be, be someone we don't know who it is right who should be here right now but he's not good enough is legit but he's not good yeah. enough 
right? So like, that's what we're really missing is we're, we're missing the guy who, where there's no real drop-off or if there's a drop-off, it's not huge, but to Legette or Delatore or Acosta or whatever, there's a huge drop-off. Um, and there's not really that much we can do to fix it now or really before the 2024 Nations League final, right? Like it's, yeah. it's not like Busio is going to be ready to go next summer. Nope. Um, it's not like Tessman's going to be ready to go. So you, you start sort of saying to yourself, okay, this is just what happens when you're playing a recruiting class early. Um, and, and look, like, I think, I think Mendez is probably like my, my highest hope for a hit because he's starting sort of game in game out in Portugal. Um, but Ledesma? I mean, Ledesma, Ledesma is still not fully recovered. From that well, injury, PSV, but getting like five to ten minutes at a time. If he, you know, if somebody gets hurt and he's a starter for PSV, then all of a sudden he's very interesting. But he's going to have to break through and get actual playing time. And and I just don't, I don't think he's going to. That's that's my view of it. I mean, he was starting at the beginning of the year. He was consistently starting at the beginning of the year. He might be. There might have been like an injury thing, and that's why he got pushed into the starting lineup. But I think the, I think the possibility for Manser there. Yeah, I mean, look, it would be it would be great if Ledesma was a guy, but the point is, is that it's got to be someone, <laughs> and it's it's got to be right now. Yeah, like right now is not on the roster, right? And that's that's sort of the point. But I mean, would it would it shock you to find out in you know forty five minutes that Weston McKenney has some sort of hamstring issue and he's probably not going to be able to start against England? Like no. he didn't look right. No, and and I think the thing is, is I wouldn't be shocked if and because Musa went down. So I wouldn't be shocked if both of them were like, hey, breaking case of emergency, but suddenly your eights are Acosta and Aronson. And it's like, uh, okay. And what it's are a we doing? Tyler Adams holding back the bus Spider-Man meme. Yes. <laughs> yes. Train, whatever it is. Um, well, it, dep- it depends on if you're, if you're talking about Spider-Man 1 or Spider-Man No Way Home um, or Far From Home or Homecoming. Homecoming. It was, it was, it was, it was, I don't They're all the same one. It's, it's are you holding way. back the train or are you or holding back the bus or holding the train together with the webs? I guess that was a boat. It doesn't anyway, matter. that's Tyler Adams trying to hold our midfield together in possibly next game. Um, against a team that unfortunately looks to have uh, gotten its shit together. Um, so they, the they optimistic over- take is that Iran is awful. <laughs> uh, no, the optimistic take is that uh, England doubled up its XG. <laughs> <laughs> their xg yeah. was 2.74 okay. and they scored six they had seven shots on target and six uh, of them found the back of the net i mean i think it's a little bit of both uh england played a very nice game but also if you watched any of it i don't think any of those were particularly difficult shots uh iran's iran's defense um likes to leave holes that are easily exploitable um yeah and i mean i mean Hopefully we can we can take advantage of that. Um, we don't have a Jude Bellingham, uh, which is a pretty big difference. No, but go look at go look at Rashford's goal because Ra- all they did was dribble up the left side. Everybody collapsed on whoever I don't even remember who passed the ball, but everybody collapsed on him. And then like Rashford was just standing in the middle of the box, like ooh ball. And the same thing happened on Grealish's uh, goal, where everybody chased Rashford down the right side, and then he centered it, and Grealish was standing there by himself. I was really hoping England was going to be dumb and not realize how good Jude Bellingham is because he plays in a, a country other than Germany, but yeah. other than England, sorry. Yeah. But apparently they got TV over there again or something. 
And and also, I, I was really hoping that that Southgate was going to be committed to his five two three, um, and he is not. Yeah. They went full four two three one, and it obviously worked. Um, do you know what else obviously works? This sponsor. Hey everybody, uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. You have. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Do it again. No, just keep going. Just keep going. UEFA Champions League Soccer is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, you'll note not Arsenal, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no, against Liverpool, no, Man City, yeah, probably, Chelsea, no, PSG, come on, Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us, and more, fire, in soccer's biggest (laughs) club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, We'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on on Paramount+, Plus, but (laughs) they're not going to advertise for that. Golazzo. All right. Um, so let's talk about the the attackers, um, sort of what Wales did, I guess. And then uh, we can talk about sort of implications. And we also have a, a Twitter question as of uh, just now. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of the attackers, we, we got uh, Polisic, Sargent, and way across the front. And I think the headline there is that those three combined for the goal. Um, I want all of the credit to go to Josh Sargent. Seriously. Josh Sargent made that goal because if it's any other attack uh, uh, striker in our pool outside of DK, I guess, um, it doesn't happen. Um, that was a, I am going to hold someone off on my back and let Christian run off me in like, like, like he's Clint Dempsey's second striker in his prime. Yeah. Like that's like, what that I looked like. Ferreira has the skills to do that, but not, not, the physical, not the physical size to do that. So yeah, he just gets pushed off. And it, it and it goes back to that whole um I don't remember what when it was Ben but like when you you said like oh yeah I was watching Norwich and it looked like Josh Sargent was Jesus Ferreira but strong and <laughs> right. that's what it was like it was just yeah. like and and he he's not going to get an assist and you know whatever but he played really well for my purposes. It is interesting that uh, Haji Wright was the sub too and not Jesus Ferreira. Very interesting. I think I think. What's what's what, what was interesting to me about that, I guess, um, is maybe I don't know. I don't know why it was Haji and not Ferreira because all the rest of the subs were MLS guys, middle aged MLS guys who are not very good. Um, is that right? It was, de- there, it was defensive. It was defensive subs. He he thought that he thought they were going to hold it one nothing, and he put in the guys they thought could hold the hold the game, and then when. For some reason, when he needed a goal, he put in the only attacking guy left on the bench, not named Gio Reyna. I think Jordan Morris is the only indefensible sub there. I think that it was kind of dumb for him to load up on defensive subs before we really knew what was like in a one nothing game. I get that you've been controlling most of the game, but loading up on defensive subs doesn't seem like the best idea. 
But the only one that I think is really indefensible is Morris after Bale had already scored. All right. I'm really, really hoping that Gio Reyna is hurt, not because I want him to be hurt, because I don't want the U.S. national team coach to be somebody who can look at his bench and decide that, that Jordan Morris Jordan is the answer. Morris has a better chance of scoring a goal than Geo Melon Farming Reyna. <laughs> Sorry, I went TV I mean, and said it. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, no, it's 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 indefensible if Gio Reyna is not hurt. Do we have the like, Paul I'm Carr just, yet? Like, scrolling to see if like there's news I've missed or something. Yeah, do do we have the Paul Carr yet? Oh, I don't know. We 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 usually we usually have the Paul Carr by now. It's got to be pretty even, but except for I bet. Um, well, they're, they're, I bet Wales but, is going to be higher because of the yeah the penalty. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, uh, FotMob has it as one point five six to point seven nine, which if you get rid of the xG of point eight uh, in the in the penalty spot, um, is about like you said, it's about equal. Well, um, you know what's crazy? I think the U.S. had like point seven at halftime or something. Which um, kind of shows how how bad the second half was from an attacking perspective. Well, I think I think they had most. Yeah, I mean, most of their XG came from two two spots, right? Like one was the goal, and the other one was that sergeant header. Do you remember? Um, I guess twenty fourteen, the Portugal game, how Portugal scored early, and then the U.S. pretty much had to attack, and that was yeah. the best soccer we played that whole tournament. This felt like the opposite. Yeah, we scored it whatever it was, 30, 35 minutes. And it kind of felt like we were hanging on to get to halftime. And then that vibe kind of carried over to the second half. We were just going to, you know, shut it down, make sure we didn't give up our goal. And we kind of did, but you can't do that. And then run through the back of a guy. Right. Like, like you can, you can do that. You can, you can play sort of bunker and and defend and whatever, but you can't be stupid. Italy, Italy has made a national identity of it. I mean, <laughs> sure have. Um, but so, so just in terms of the attackers again, I thought Christian played like well. I really enjoyed watching Christian play this game. He 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 did a little bit late do that thing that I hate about him that he drops into like our defensive half to go get the ball and then do nothing with it. Um, he tried but, too hard. He started trying too hard. He presses. It's it's. It's like endemic. Yeah, when he has bad when he has bad first halves, he's like he consistently tries too hard to make something happen, which makes him play poorly in the second half. He, and I, he's, I think, I think he's all game, inside his own head. I think this game cemented Tim Weah as our most important attacker, though. Yeah, like, 100%. he just moves in a way that none of the rest of them do. He wants to get vertical. He hits a good cross. Like he just, I don't know. We we haven't even mentioned the the time where he almost uh, had a beautiful cross to Joe Rodon for a goal. <laughs> right. Um, that was, that was lovely. Um, but yeah, I mean, way is way is ability to run go routes and best <laughs> a Dest and Zimmerman's ability to hit him on those. I mean, I think our, our three or four most dangerous attacking moves outside of the Sergeant, um, the Sergeant header and the, the Pulisic goal or the way a goal were off of ball is at Zimmerman or Dest's feet. They look, they see way has nothing in front of him. And it's like, I guess we'll throw it over the top. And like, you understand why I, I, I get it. I get conceptually why Jordan Morris is here because theoretically he's the other guy who can do that, except he can't not anymore before the knees. Yeah. Yeah. He probably could have, he can't do it anymore. 
Jordan Morris needs to be a minutes eater when we're way up or way down. Eduardo, what, what's Other his name? Eduardo that, Rodriguez. See, yes, the, I don't want to see. The, yeah, the famed, the famed uh, uh, innings eater. Um, no, who am I talking? Thinking of Jamie Moyer. I hate <laughs> you. I hate you so much. Um, I mean, that is Jamie Moyer. It is Jamie. That Moyer. was his literal crafty stuff. left-hander. Um, so the the attackers, and then obviously Polisic. Uh, Polisic stayed on for ninety. Um, and uh, Sergeant came off for Haji Wright. Haji Wright did nothing. Um, Jordan P. Falk could have done the same thing. Um, he got a header on one, and it went way wide. Maybe maybe yeah. P. Falk gets it on that. Who maybe knows? who knows? Um, it wasn't it wasn't like a very strong thing. And then. Um, the uh the other sub was was Jordan Morris who did nothing was there um I, I, I'm sure his Sorry, heart rate went Gio Reyna again <laughs> yeah I'm I'm sure his heart rate got above a certain number like I I don't I don't really know but um that that's sort of the the player breakdown. Um, I think man of the match for our purposes, like we said, was either Reem or Adams. I, I'll be interested to see your grades when they come out. Um, but in terms of our attackers, I don't think this is on our attackers, right? I mean, we we really struggled from about the 40th minute on. You said like we were just trying to get to halftime, but from about the 40th minute on, I don't remember us getting the ball to our attackers in a dangerous spot. Not really. Even in the first half, there wasn't a ton. I mean, there was the goal and there was the, you know, the cross and the almost own goal, but this is not exactly a new thing for us. No, no, this isn't, this isn't new, but um, I think sort of to take a step back, like that was disappointing that we didn't get three. It would have been really nice to get three. We came and and it's, this is going to sound so familiar to those of you who were with us throughout qualifying. Um, But we held serve. We needed, we, we needed to draw against Wales and we did in order to stay alive. We needed to draw against Wales. We did what we absolutely had to do. We did what we absolutely had to do. Now we assume, we assume somewhat that Wales will beat Iran. Um, we need to not lose to England by more than Wales loses to England. That's the game now, right? Like that is the entire game. Is don't lose to England by more than Wales loses to England, or the reverse beats Iran by more than Wales beats right. Iran. <laughs> either way, either way, you need to lose by one against England, and you need to beat Iran by four. Um, oh, well, it'd be really fun to beat England, wouldn't it? It would. I I don't. I I'm less optimistic today than I was before I saw England's lineup. And um, the funny thing is, I'm sure I've said this before, but I actually kind like England have fairly likable players, you know, excepting Harry Maguire. Um, I just can't stand their media. Like I can't stand oh, it's everybody awful. over there. Just lose it's, to make them sad and upset. I'll I'll say it like this: is that I don't hate any player. I I, I think I'm not off the top of my head. I can't think of a player I hated. Uh, really on Notre Dame. I can't think of one who I really like truly despised for any reason. Maybe maybe Jimmy Clausen, but aside from him, <laughs> that was Mel Kiper's fault, right? <laughs> But like, I hate Notre Dame. I hate Notre Dame. And it's because of the media. It's because like, it's not, it's not Mason Mount's fault that the media have anointed him the best 10 since Ronaldinho, but a little bit tidier, right? Like that's how they would put Mason Mount or Harry, Harry Kane is, is the greatest goal scorer of his generation 
or, you know, whatever. Right. Kieran Trippier is, is Danny Alves, but faster, you know? And, and it's not their fault that they do this, but I, it's, it's impossible to, to sort of watch them. And as a, like, as a Michigan State fan, it's, it's, it's not unlike how the press in, in Detroit treats Michigan. Right. It's like, is JJ McCarthy the best quarterback in the country? It's like, no, he's not the best quarterback. Well, I mean, in the, the perfect state. test case is last year. Like uh, Kenneth Walker, if he played at Michigan, would 100 percent have been at the Heisman ceremony. Not even close. Like he would have won. <laughs> like I, 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 I'm, I'm it's and, and you'll see because Blake Corum is about to win the Heisman. Uh, and- I, I think honestly, I think this is different sport now. I think uh, if Stroud or Corum blows up, they win it, but otherwise, I think you might be looking at a Caleb Williams. I I I don't know if people pay attention to USC enough. He just threw for like five hundred yards and six touchdowns or whatever it was. Yeah, in a game that ended at like one a.m. Eastern. I don't know. That, that's my <laughs> prediction. If Stroud or Corum blows up, they win it. Otherwise, I think Caleb Williams gets it. I I, I think that's a very fair um a very fair assessment um. So obviously England won this morning. Um, we're not going to give sort of general World Cup updates because cup dates, World Cup dates. Um, uh, because if you want that, you can go check out the Touchline Fraca family of club pods. Um, they'll have they'll have a response to every day, including today, which I'm not looking forward to listening to because there's going to be a lot of jokes. Um, but in terms of sort of the meaning for us, um, I think that we are looking at a team that is who we thought they were right? Like moments of brilliance, mostly slog muddiness, good defense, right? Like that's who we are. And it's who we've been since Canada in the nation's league. I mean, and on an encouraging note, I think Wales is about as bad of a stylistic matchup as we could have had. Like they're basically Canada who we did not do well against. With, Um, with, with, with the equal threat, right? Because Alfonso Davies plays the, the bail go wherever you want roll. Yeah. I'm going to be fast. Yeah. So I'm like, not that I think we're going to beat England or whatever, but the times we've looked better is when we play people that want to try to play us and yeah. we can press and create. Cause we we're, like, if you just give us the ball, we're not going to score a lot. <laughs> like no. we came up, we had all of our best players today and we except got for one. <laughs> yeah. We, except <laughs> for one. we had our first, we had our pick of players, first choice yeah. lineup and we got one. We against a, against bunker ball yeah um now england is gonna have to come out and attack like because their press is gonna expect it they're better than us they're gonna have to like take the game to us and maybe that plays into our hands a little we bit play, so we, we play we play counter we play but, better against mexico than we do canada correct yes so not that i'm predicting a win or anything but i think at least from a styles standpoint it's a better styles fit. Yeah, styles make fights, and I think that we're a better, even though England is is inarguably better than Wales, it's it's a better fight for us. Sure. Um, so uh I, I think the the other notable thing sort of going into Friday um is that I think that this team, as it looks right now, I think you can say, like, okay, we 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 know who we are, we are who we've been. Um replacing Tim Ream or replacing Miles Robinson with Tim Ream changed nothing. Um, replacing, uh, and, and, and the rest of it, it, you know, replacing Josh Sargent for whoever pick a striker, it didn't change anything. It's not like Ricardo Pepe would have scored any more than, than Sargent did. And it's not like PFOC definitely would have put that away when, when Wright didn't, 
it's it's we are who we thought we were. Um, and the good news is, is that who we thought we were can stand up to to England and can beat Iran. But who we thought we were can also lose both of those games. Yeah. Um, well, and in- interestingly, if Weston McKenney isn't healthy, we might be forced, like Berhalter might be forced to finally do like the Adams Musa double pivot with, you know, Aronson, Aronson or, or Gio in front of him, which, you know, we've been saying for a while is probably the best use of resources. Because, yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you'd been able to bring on Musa for McKenney or bring on McKenney for Musa? Like, yeah, that would have been, been a nice way to split minutes. Um, because and, and it's like you said, it's resource allocation. It's 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 understanding who you have, who you don't have and what you can do with those players. If you use all three of your usable midfielders at the start, you don't have anybody on the bench to fix things. It was like the early, was early on in World Cup qualifying. We brought like two right backs and played them both. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time yeah. it was like dust on the left and whoever Cannon, somebody on the right Devlin, whoever, it was. whoever it was and then we needed to replace one like oh crap <laughs> right it was dust dust got hurt it was dust played uh as a right back then he started as a left back then yeah. he got hurt and then we were like yes we're playing Shaq more today <laughs> um so in in terms of the um yeah, so so I I don't I don't I'm not disappointed. I'm I'm disappointed after the game. But if you had told right. me at the beginning of the game we're gonna get a draw and it's gonna be giving up a goal to Bale, I would have been like, yeah, that sounds right. But then the way it plays out at eighty, right. you had it for eighty minutes. Yeah. Ugh. So we 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 have a uh, a question from the Twitter's uh, follower uh, Prashanth, um, who's who's a uh, a good Twitter follow. Uh, he he he's a Chelsea fan, so he's. And I think he lives in America, but is but is not American, based on my understanding, um, and and seems to uh, to not hate Christian Pulisic, which means he's in the top upper yeah. echelon of Chelsea fans. So we we appreciate you, Prashanth. Um, he says the first half was so composed, controlled, structured. What change would you have done in the second half to maintain the same? So I'll, I'll give you your answer, and then and then I'll give uh, what I think. Um, I'm not sure. For me, honestly, for me, it would be make the changes sooner. Um, because it, you could tell right around 50 minutes that McKenney was gassed, um, you know. So bringing on Aronson for uh, McKenney earlier maybe helps with that. And then I don't know, maybe Scally instead of uh, instead of Yedlin. Because I mean, Scally isn't amazing, but he's at least a competent professional that plays for a you know upper level <laughs> Bundesliga team. So he can he can play in a team of players that's trying to keep the ball. Um, Yedlin cannot. So for me, it would just be to make the changes before things start getting out of hand, because kind of like the whole momentum thing, you could kind of feel the momentum swinging. And I think the changes came a little bit too late to to swing it back the other direction. Yeah. So what I was going to say is I would I I would have pulled McKenney and Dest at halftime, actually, um, not not because I thought that Dest was playing poorly but because I thought that the odds that he could maintain his, his level would have been difficult, which I think bore out. I don't think he did much in the second half. Um, I agree with, with Scally instead of Yedlin, because I think that if you give Scally the full 45 and you tell him at the beginning of halftime, Hey, you're going in, I think he's a, he's a good option. And it, and it's still early enough that I, I think Burhalter would have said, yeah, we need another goal. Um, whereas the change at 75 is okay. Like maybe we can hold on. Um, in terms of the midfield, I, I would have pulled McKenney at half. Um, 
again, these, these are two guys who coming into the game, we were a little bit concerned could even go. And at, at half, I would have switched to that, to that double pivot with Musa and Adams with, with Aronson getting forward. Um, and then it's fine if you're going to put in Acosta, but you have to put in Acosta with very clear, cl- very clear instructions. Um, I also do want to say here, um, and I, I don't, I don't really know how to fix it and I don't really know how to deal with it, but Christian Pulisic is not a good set piece taker and he's not a good corner taker. So we need to figure out someone else. And I, I sort of like, as I was watching it, I was frustrated after the first one didn't get over the the wall or the first line of defense because I knew it was coming. And then I sort of like looked at the rest of the team and you're yeah, like, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a free kick taker in the bunch. Maybe Dest, maybe, yeah. but yeah. like our, our set piece takers are Reina and Acosta. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand with this lineup, he's probably is your best option, but that's a problem in and of itself. After watching this game, I don't, I don't know if Acosta is playable. Like period. I don't think he is. I don't like, think he I is. don't know what because like he he like he wasn't good defensively. He committed a horrible turnover on the ball. His I mean, best moment was... his best moment was Goonball. Yeah. Like yeah, like he was smart enough to take a foul. Which and... right, right. No, no, no. I want to be clear here that he he saved us a point. Uh, Kellen Acosta had the smartest play of the game and he yes. gets credit for that um, because Matt Turner went full Zach Steffen for a moment. And I don't know why. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't hate that decision coming out because I wasn't I, sure. I wasn't sure Reem was going to win that foot race, Yeah, but headed out of bounds or something, man. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like, do not head that back to the middle of the field. Yeah. I don't need um, a David Beckham moment. No, no, we want to avoid that. Um, and, and the guy who you headed it to, absolutely could have done it <laughs> yes i think I, I i guess it was taylor twelman um who was like gareth bale was loading up and he oh, was yeah. going to score <laughs> he had visions of like how is that one of the, that's if he if he scores that's one of the all-timers in world cup history like a oh, yeah. game winner from midfield like yeah <laughs> and and, and the, the crazy thing about it is that it's like like there are certain distances from which you would say like oh like that's a crazy shot whoever it is but with Steph Curry or Dame Lillard, you're like, nope, that's that's within yeah, that's range. That's just his range. <laughs> that's just his range. And uh, Gareth Bale has that range. I do want to say that Serginio Dust only had one time where he just like pulled it and he skied it. But I really wanted him to take because he had once he cut in right, Wea was was commanding a lot of attention on the right wing. Mm-hmm. I thought that Dust had a couple of opportunities to just let one rip. And I, I don't, I don't know if he was like playing into the system, if he just didn't feel confident, if he was seeing something that I wasn't. But we don't see a lot of shots from range. I wonder if that's a like if that's a Burhalter thing. Like, because I know if you want to get like Moneyball on it or whatever, like that's a very low percentage sh- shot. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's, it's not three and D. <laughs> so, so, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some, some, some of my own coaching acumen, and I say this to my players, uh, dear listener. I'm a, I'm a basketball coach in my spare time. Um. Do you know what's better than a low percentage or what's worse than a low percentage shot? A turnover. <laughs> yeah. Even, even a low percentage shot goes in one time out of 10. Yeah. So like, I would rather, so like I've told my kids like, Hey, like you're open, shoot it. Because if you don't shoot it, you're going to turn the ball over. So <laughs> just shoot it. Um, And like, I think, I think that's how I view Serginho Dest in those moments because he gets sucked up so far upfield that you might as well. Like you're well, better you off him up there. It's like yeah. you like you don't have a lot of better options than dust cutting in. Like why not have one, man? Yeah, sure. 
And plus it, it makes, it makes the, the keeper have to pay attention to that. Right. Plus, so like, plus, you know, all the Americans that never watch sports or never watch soccer are all yelling, shoot, just give them, give them, throw a bone. Just give them one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I, I think once a half Serginho Dest should just be like, Meh. yeah, Serginho Dest time. Um, so I, th- I think that that's sort of my assessment. I think both of us are sort of looking at this as a, a six out of 10 performance. Um, like in the, in the soccer way of saying like, if you're on the field and you do nothing wrong, it's a six out of 10. It was an eight and a four. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, uh, you know, we averaged out to a six though, right? Like, like in our last episode, we talked about how South Carolina has gotten the most weird and uncomfortable way to seven and five, which is the most South Carolina record ever, but like how they got there was compelling. Um, <laughs> that's what happened in this game. Um, we got to a six out of 10. It's just the way that we did it was in the first half, we were, we looked like a, a serious t- side. It's and like, I'm uh, like Syracuse being six and six. Yes, exactly. <laughs> six and oh, six and start. oh to six and six. Um, <laughs> right. Like it's like, if you told me at the beginning of the year, Syracuse is going six and six, I would have been like, yeah, okay. So what? But now I'm like, I need them to go to six and six. Like, it's you, so weird. <laughs> if you told a Syracuse fan at the beginning of the year, they'll go six and six. They'd probably be cool. But now Great they're bowling. <laughs> fire everybody <laughs> which is where we are which is like if you would uh, again like i come back to that like if you had told us at the beginning of the 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 game you're gonna you're gonna draw one one um we i think you and i probably would have been like okay all right fine all right yeah take no it, no that's fine we'll take it um but now sitting at on the on the back half of that game it's like ah uh, oh uh, that was missed that was a missed opportunity but um i will say that it's probably the best we've played away from home uh under Burhalter. Yeah. Does neutral count as away from home? I, I mean, it, it, I think so. Uh, <laughs> you know, cause we were, we were neutral against Japan. Yeah, that's true. But I, I, I will say like, it is good that we are, we're playing. And, and I think that we're right there. Like I, I there was a part of me that was concerned that we were going to be too young for this moment. Um, and we were, we're not going to be able to sort of hold up to, to adults. And I think we did. So, uh, Anything else you want to uh, mention before we uh, we plug the, the halfspaces.com uh, ratings review? I mean, not really. Just <laughs> I have no idea how grading or podcasting is going to work because I will be at my family's house and they're going to be, you know, for Thanksgiving and they're going to expect sure. me to like, you know, be with people. So sure. <laughs> I have no uh, idea what's going to happen. Yeah. So the, 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 the wonder of it all is that, um, dear listener, we will make it work because we love you. Um, and so we will be back on... Wednesday uh, for something, I guess. I I don't know. We usually record or Thursday morning. We we usually re- release on Thursday morning. Um, if we don't, we didn't go anywhere. We're just we just have not much to talk about until Friday. Right. Um, so if you have uh, if you have any questions, please uh, feel free to reach out to Ben at BL Herald, um, my co-host at Mister Mojo Rising eighty nine. You can find me at TLS TDS um, between now and then at the very least. Um, special thank you to Instagram. No reason today. Just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Um, special thank you to our, uh, sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, uh, Blue Wire, whoever Blue Wire decides to put in Paramount Plus. And I'm telling you, if you, if you are a rye whiskey company and you want a really cheap sponsorship opportunity in the middle of the world cup, hi, hello, where we can be your tax write-off. 
I can't believe that one handle keeps ignoring me, by the way. I know. It's the account that, like, the bourbon trail that follows. They have, like, all these. I'm like, just send me a couple bottles. I'll plug you to, to hell with that. It's, it's, it's really not that hard. If you send me a bottle, I will talk about you for the rest of our time here. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, dear listener, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your local whiskey distillery. Um, we're open for business here, boys. Um, unlike Qatar, we, we don't have a problem with drinking alcohol. Um, <laughs> so, uh, as always, dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.